ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम माय बाउ टू द लॉर्ड वसुदेवा जय टू यू फ्रेंड्स आई वांट टू कंटिन्यू द स्टेंजर दैट आई वाज रीडिंग जस्ट लास्ट टाइम स्टेंजर Number 14 from the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Really this first chapter of the Gita is in itself almost a scripture in itself. And then it was that Madhava, Krishna and Pandava Arjuna stationed in their magnificent chariot drawn by white horses, five in number, representing the five senses. These are interpolations that I'm putting five in number isn't in the actual Gita as an explanation. Blue mightily on their celestial conches. and i talked about the sounds produced by the different uh, uh, chakras in the spine the muladhar if you hear it purely it sounds like a as i said like a bumblebee but less purely it may sound less like a motor uh, that you'll hear in your garage or on the highway or something the next sound up of krishna's flute is uh, symbolic that's why we have the story of krishna drawing devotees into the forest to seek god and all those stories of krishna beautiful as they are they're only allegories there is a beautiful story that the true love of god must be impersonal a beautiful story of krishna and radha his favorite female devotee were going in the forest one time and radha said i'm getting very tired master and he said would you like me to carry you and she was so pleased she said oh yes i'd love it so she jumped up onto his back and he disappeared and she fell flat on her face in the mud and she said lord forgive me forgive me i forgot and i'm i i didn't mean to misunderstand your love for me as personal and he reappeared and they walked together as if nothing had happened but that personal love is an obstruction on the path we must go beyond personal love because where there's a personal love there's ego we must go beyond the ego if we are going to understand our oneness with all egos and with god so the true love of god this is why my guru said it's better to love god first for his bliss not for his love because it's too easy for human love to enter the picture if uh, you seek god first for love and this is a story that that uh, many devotees have had to learn ramakrishna used to worship the divine mother as kali in the temple i i've often meditated in that temple myself and felt great bliss there in dakinishwar in being outside calcutta in bengal and uh, anyway um totapuria a very austere saint came and offered to teach him to go into the highest samadhi and so ramakrishna very uh, trustingly came to kali and asked her permission and kali said yes i brought him here because uh, i want you to learn that higher state and when he was first going into meditation he couldn't go beyond that personal thought of his love for the divine mother and uh, every time he would concentrate she would appear and finally totapuri put it, took a piece of glass and shoved it into his forehead he said focus your mind there and ramakrishna with a sword mentally cut kali in half and went beyond that into that state of oneness but this is all symbolic also of the truth that we must go beyond form 
and we must, we must go beyond personal love. God's love for you is impersonal and personal. It's personal in the sense that he loves you as you are. And if you're uh, uh, whatever you are, a beggar, king, it doesn't matter to him. He loves you for you. But he himself wants nothing. In that way, it's impersonal. It's not impersonal in the sense that it's cold or haughty or austere. He's concerned with your uh, needs, whatever they might be. But remember, you must go beyond those needs. You may weep because you broke your toe and share that pain with God, but you must go beyond the point where you realize that there's no pain to share with him. It's all he. One time Ramakrishna was, was uh, um, being treated by a doctor and sort of saying, it hurts. And another day he was in Samadhi and he fell with his back against a hot blazer and a piece of coal was burning into his back and they, his disciples are horrified. And he said, what's the matter? This coal is burning. Oh, is that all? Just take it out. But it didn't concern him at all. <coughs> he was showing the different levels of consciousness that we must have and that all of us have. But most people can't arise, can't rise to that impersonal. So anyway, in Krishna's love, it was completely impersonal in the higher sense. And when, Ram, when Radha, his, his closest disciple, had that little momentary delusion, he corrected it. He corrected that in her. But the same chakra can give less perfect sounds, as I said last time, like a cricket or flowing water, which is a very pleasant flow, a very pleasant sound. They've said that in advertising, if you can have flowing water present, it's a very good lure for people. Everybody feels drawn to these things. They don't know why. But the real reason is you're drawn inward. And the Manipur, the chark, harp chakra, the, uh, uh, the uh, Anaha chakra with a deep gong. You may not hear a deep gong, but you may hear just bell sounds. Those are less perfect sounds, but this is why church bells are so automatically attractive to us. They remind us on a deeper than conscious level of our uh, divine self within. And then the Vishuddha chakra, the cervical center opposite the throat, in this chakra, there is a, a feeling of, a sound of uh, like great ocean roar. But uh, it can also come less, less perfectly as the sound of wind in the trees. Everybody loves the sound of wind in the trees if it's not too strong because it has a soothing effect on us. It's all these, these natural likes that we have come from our deeper than conscious level of being. And you can hear the ocean roaring up on the shore, the roll of the ocean waves. It's a good thing to meditate on. I used to love to sleep in a swimming pool, which was dry, I should add. And I'd put my sleeping bag there just so that I could listen to the waves of the ocean coming on the beach. It's a reminder of that divine presence, that bliss of God just rolling over you again and again. When you get in tune with God, the sounds are beautiful, but there are ugly aspects of it too. And those aspects are the vibrations that produce hell and produce dark objects. Everything has a vibration, and Om itself can have bad vibrations if it's producing the lower qualities of consciousness. But in fact, when you listen to Om and you hear it, first of all, you'll hear it in your right ear. 
when you go deeper and deeper into it, you'll suddenly find your whole body vibrating with that, that, uh, that sound, that vibration. And then um, my guru said that as you go deeper into it, your consciousness expands with that om to fill the entire universe. You're not separate from God. It's not that, well, finally you overcome your little ego. Now I've got to somehow become one with that ego and this ego and the other ego. And then I've got to become one with this world and other worlds. And so gradually, huff and puff, you become one with the universe. No. Once you've overcome your own sense of separateness from God, you go into that automatically. It's, to many people, it's a frightening thing. But my guru said it's like a bird in a cage. When the bird's cage is, the door is opened of the cage, the bird, if it's been there for a long time, is afraid to come out. Once it does come out, it rushes back in. So once you come out of your little cage in peace and stillness, then you think, oh, myself, so the breath begins to pump again, you go back in. But bit by bit, you become accustomed to coming out of that, that uh, restlessness and coming out of that cage of ego. And then you begin to see, well, gee, this is not so bad. You flap your wings and finally you take off. And so your oneness with the universe is not something that will create fear in you in, in uh, that state. The fear comes from the ego, but it's your natural state. And when you've attained that state, then in your little physical body, you feel the Christ consciousness. And when you can expand that Christ consciousness to the reflection of God in every atom of the universe, that still presence of God beyond the universe that underlies every atom, then you will have attained Christ consciousness. I asked my guru, when can you call, be called a master? He said, when you have attained Christ consciousness. Joy to you.